Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined by Tom Kennett. And for this episode, we're going to be taking a look at the newly released Amazon documentary, Arsenal All or Nothing. Episode two then, and I think this one's titled North London Derby or The Derby or whatever it is. This was the episode I was ultimately looking the most forward to because I think it is largely downhill from <laughs> from this point onwards. But we actually start off away at Burnley. Mm. Lest we forget. Yeah, because a lot of these... I'd forgotten about these games because the end of the season was just so intense, probably from March onwards after the loss to Liverpool. Mm. Um, but that felt huge because it was, you've beaten Norwich, but right now you've got to go and beat Burnley because you had this spell of games up to Spurs that looked winnable. Mm. And it was, we really need to get these done. And it probably says a lot about where we were at the time that quite a big thing was made about the fact that we'd got through Burnley away. <laughs> they also, whether it was the lighting or whether it was just, that was how it looked. They did do a good job of making Burnley look like you'd gone to Mordor and got something. It, it, <laughs> I remember watching the game. It was proper dismal and like <laughs> misty. And yeah, it was, it was very, very weird. And then an Erdegaard free kick that Nick Pope probably should have saved is, uh, is the difference. And then it's just a build up to the derby, isn't it? We go a bit, deeper in on Smith Rowe this episode hmm. we get these clips of him coming through the academy where whoever his barber was coming through he <laughs> was so dirty with some of these trims <laughs> but he, comes, he comes across really well as well doesn't he yeah it seems quite um, quite shy really doesn't he by comparison to some of the other guys who talk a bit more openly um, I did enjoy him just kind of lightly talking about his dad being a Spurs fan. But he signs it <laughs> off by saying, yeah, it's a bit toxic in the house. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's toxic. What are we... <laughs> I knew he was shy before because obviously he gets the whole kind of press run after he gets the 10 shirt. And I was even seeing him go on. He went on um, Chunks' show, I think it was, for whatever mm. uh, publication he was working for. And he was even quite shy on there when he was being asked about just growing up and playing in the cages and who's got the worst fashion sense at Arsenal and all of this. He he just doesn't ever make eye contact, does he? He looks down and he kind of mumbles a bit when he's not as... Arteta seemed to take great glee from that, which I thought, you really are a psychopath. Because he's just, he just chucking along and like, yeah, you won't even look me in the eye. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> you're a scary man. This was a thing, wasn't it? <laughs> Uh, another one of the Arteta-isms that probably sounded great in his head when he was saying it, where he says to Smith Rowe about sending him off on loan to Leipzig, and he's told, I'm not even going to bother watching your games. I'm just going to ask when you get back what you were like in the dressing room, what type of character you were, and that's all I want to know, because I have no doubts about the fact you'll make it here as a player. So that sounds great. And it probably was for the best because I think Smith Rowe was injured and played one game. <laughs> he ended up rooming with uh, Tyler Adams. Okay. He lived with him for six months. Okay. 
because the director at the time, who would have been Ralph Rangnick, actually, tried to right. keep him permanently, and Arsenal said no. Oh, nice. So this was the season before he goes to Huddersfield. So that would have been two years ago. He's always been spoken about as being like one of the guys to come through the academy, but he always looked quite small and he couldn't stay fit, which is, I guess, still a thing now, really. Mm. But we thought we got that in the background. I thought they made it a bit on um, his eating habits because that was a big thing in the last year or so. Well, that's literally, he said that his good form has kicked in when... Arsenal hired him a personal chef because they didn't trust him to make his own meals anymore. I think I referenced it before, where he thought going to Nando's four days a week and just getting butterfly chicken and rice was him eating well. That is staggering. And so they hired him a personal chef and he said it was great. His mum was buzzing because she didn't have to cook anymore. Yeah. You saying that he just basically didn't realise he couldn't just eat loads of chocolates. I yeah. I don't think you have to be a nutritionist to work this one out. I mean, yeah, on. he said something along the lines of the fact that because of how active he was, he thought having his chocolate would be all right, but he realised. <laughs> and no disrespect to the man, me saying that, you can see him saying that when I, when I referenced it just from his character. <laughs> and then we can just continue this build-up to the North London derby. I love these montages that you got in the build-up. You've got the Omri yeah. slide, which we get the the pullback to. I'm glad they showed the uh, game with the Torreira goal where Kalasanach has the corner flag. Because yeah, yeah. I've, I've referenced it on here more times than I can count. That Torreira goal is maybe the best feeling that I've ever had <laughs> in my life. If I could bottle that up, that would be worth millions unbelievable um i actually thought i spotted myself in one of these clips and got quite happy and then it wasn't me it was just another portly bloke with glasses the sort of like you wouldn't like if we were making these comparisons you'd be like, oh, that's <laughs> yeah. come on you're better well I, I thought i saw kai and that and then i worked across and so i thought <laughs> i'd seen us and then it wasn't i don't think he'd have been flattered when i took a closer look at um <laughs> what i was comparing him to either um so we had this thing before... The, this. the stuff with the fans in the build-up kills me a bit. I think that's the way it's most clearly um, catering for an American audience because they're basically explaining why the derby is a thing. You're like, yeah. okay, I, I get... you kind of got to let people in a bit, I guess, but this is fairly obvious stuff, isn't it? <laughs> we live nearby. Just play that clip from uh, Green Street. <laughs> yeah. Well, like the exactly. Israelis and the Palestinians. <laughs> Yeah, well, and that's also what there's one's been interviewed in a barber shop and one in a nail salon. Yeah, <laughs> we've got this thing they're talking about the fact that Saka hasn't scored for twenty games, and Arteta's referencing, I guess, what he referred to in the previous episode with how everyone was being so nice to Saka, and then how quickly it can switch. And he wrote, he said, uh, "They are specialists in taking you all the way up here and then killing you." True. And then we've got these Cherry on clips that kind of sprinkle throughout. <laughs> Curiously, he's cut my episode three, I noticed. <laughs> when, he starts, <laughs> when he starts coming out and criticising a little bit, oh, Thierry's little bits don't seem to be in the dock anymore. 
but he also, I don't know when a lot of this was recorded, but if you remember, there was the whole thing with Daniel Ek as well. Yeah, 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 true. Well, I think that was the season before, but I don't know how much goodwill there was for him around the club at the time. I got they excited came... whenever, whenever Thierry was coming on camera, I got excited because this was the closest we were getting to, or oh, we might say something a bit out of order here. Well, he, His he passion came... is great, I will say. He came back for the United game, I think it was. That sounds about right, where you had the pictures of him, Burkamp, Smith, Rowe and Saka. Yeah, they showed him in the crowd, didn't they? Yeah, and I remember he was in the crowd from that because you had Aubameyang doing his celebration right in front of him. Mm. Um, but yeah, there, there are some Arsenal fans that love Arteta to that extent where they'll go in on Henri. That's, that's scary. And he, he never <laughs> says Stockholm anything syndrome. that bad either. He essentially says fourth should be the bare minimum for Arsenal. And I think he says it in this. It's not you have to get this, but the expectation is that you should be competing for it. And then he says these things which don't really mean anything but sound good in it's about the way you run it's the way you walk the way you sleep the way you eat i can look at saka and smith row and they have arsenal written across their forehead and that sounds great i don't know what it means <laughs> no they sounds fantastic words. you can kind of see why maybe if he doesn't have any coaching to back this up it's going to fall short for him because you're like you can't just say this you've got to have something else going on but his passion is great his passion yeah. for the club is genuinely phenomenal i think of the people who speak to speak in this, he is probably the most, probably too much. He looks a little bit too close to the situation. Because they're lucky, the, the worst one for it, and it was when Unai Emery was there, was they used to always interview on French TV, Emmanuel Petit. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he would just he be savage. Back. He does not hold back at all. Oh. And they Remarkable would say... Remarkable for a man who left you for Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they would say something like, oh, they they did well against City. Well, what do you mean? Did they win the game? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very got... much, uh, well, they've had a good season, didn't they? Did they win the league? They got 90 <laughs> yeah. points, Did they win it? No, no, fuck off then. We've got Aubameyang telling the story of the star in his hair. Being for his granddad, I think it was. Yeah, I I, I didn't want to question this because it seemed quite an emotional result, but I didn't really piece it together. I just kind of went with, Okay, that sounds nice. Essentially, his granddad died that same day. He scored two against Tottenham, and so now he does something whenever he plays Tottenham. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just, I was just kind of thinking, where's the star coming into this? I don't understand. But because I thought there was going to be more to it. There's a big thing that he's done an interview previously where he came all the way over and he was going to sign for Tottenham, and they pulled out of a deal at the last minute when he was at Saint Etienne. Oh god! And so he said a big thing about how. For the rest of my career, whenever I play though, I'm going to punish them for what they did and all of this. And then they didn't do anything. And I guess he didn't do anything when he missed that last last minute penalty at Wembley either. So mm. maybe it's best we don't talk about that. <laughs> but then we finally get the derby. <laughs> Think um, of a Bamiang though. When they're walking into the uh, thing, Lacazette walking behind him and he's kind of trying to copy his little strut and his look as he's walking into the dressing room. It's so much like uh, Alan trying to copy Phil in the hangar. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? I thought it was so weird that like the just seeing a Bamiang around the place was weird to me. Seeing Maitland Niles there was weird to me. Just some of these players that you almost, it feels like so long since they were at the club. And yeah, so just yeah. seeing them in and around the place. I was quite surprised by how animated Holding was. 
I didn't have him as the jumping up and down doing handshakes type. I don't know. I think I, I probably would actually. Kind of got that Fabian Delph thing. It's like, well, look, I've got I've, I've got to be over here for some reason. Well, my, my my thing with him, I guess, is if he's content to be your fifth choice centre back, sound like you probably don't sell a player like that unless the big money comes in. And you've had players like that previously where you you keep them yeah. for the, that's why you're never going to sell Milner. Um, not comparing their abilities, but just the general idea. And so if he's happy to do that and he does seem like a good presence and a good character in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's absolutely. fair. I'm surprised we haven't heard more from him yet, actually. Mm. A lot a lot in the build-up to this North London derby shocked me. I, I was surprised by the music and how relaxed everyone was 30 minutes before kickoff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When And they pan, don't they, and they show what the crowd are like outside. It really shocked me. Like, even just the music choice. I thought at the least it's going to be something a bit more upbeat. And it's just this chilled R&B and people are just in their own little zone. It's fine when you win that. You yeah. don't, you know, hang on, what are you doing? I guess it's supposed to be the contrast, and it? it's trying to, you're keeping your cool whilst everyone else is sort of losing their heads, I guess, is the theory yeah, behind that. Because then we get Arteta coming in. <laughs> He's... And we get his first team talk of the day. If if everyone else is chilled, Arteta's just coming in like cocaine. <laughs> He's like, right, we're picking it up. How many times did he practice drawing that heart and that brain? Not enough. I can tell you that not enough. Big heart and big brain. I I I nearly fell off my seat. Honestly, I nearly fell off my seat when I just heard him say that. Uh, what what one of the things I thought was can he not do this the night before? Does he need to draw it in front of them? <laughs> I don't know. Is that better or worse if he's come prepared? I mean, them like sat while he's drawing the extra squiggles to show it's a brain. Honestly, I they panned to the players at one point, and I saw Xhaka's face, and I had suddenly just so much more sympathy for the man. I was like, you know what? I kind of get some of your rage. You know, I've heard if I'd just been told that, I think I'd be going. You know what? I'm going to kick someone because the manager's lost his head. <laughs> the principle of it is spot on for sure. Yeah, play with your heart, use your brain together. The fans' energy. I don't know. We didn't need the drawing of the little man at the top either with Arsenal no, written across no, it. No, this is it. I was like, why was this needed? This wasn't needed at all. And and look, if this is, if this thing is, you know, the office at times, then Ben White is Tim. Because every now and again, you see the kids, the camera goes to him. And Ben White in this, he looked genuinely worried for the manager's mental well-being. He looked like, what is going on here? I'm at, obviously the biggest club I've ever been at. I did not expect this to be happening. I'm I'm hoping we can hear more from him, Ben White, because mm. I think he's one of them that's probably very unintentionally funny. We get that one clip from him in this, and I can't even remember what he's saying. He has one in the first episode where he's laughing about how these kids are saying fifty yeah, million yeah. pounds in your shit. Yeah. <laughs> that, was it, yeah. that was really endearing. I thought that was really funny. Yeah, I, I think because the little clips I've seen of him just on other players' Instagrams, he does seem genuinely funny, but people don't like him because he reacted as I'm sure most would being asked, why does your mum call you Benjamin? Because it's my name. If one thing we don't like in this country is people choosing their longer name rather than the short name. We're going to go with the short name or your fancy posh for us. And I don't even think he was saying not to call him it. I think he was asked, why is your Twitter name Benjamin? His, 
the nature of his response did seem like he was being arsy, even though the journalist actually walked into it. Because it was it something like, "Why is it Benjamin?" He's like, "Cause that's my name." Yeah, which is not an unfair answer, but it seems uh, we may have, I think we may have lost to someone that weekend as well. Mm. Maybe just after the City game. Not sure. But his his face at parts in throughout this documentary <laughs> yeah. is, is hilarious. He, like you said, he's clearly not intending on it. There's there's one when there's like some Arteta in, in I think it's the next episode. He's giving some small talk at one of the dinner tables, and Ben White could yeah. not look more bored. Yeah. He looks what like is, he's he basically rolls his eyes. He's like a teenager. Like oh God, when's this guy gonna fuck off? But yeah, it's like if you're chatting to your mate and your boss comes over. It's like what? It was very much like, yeah, Mikael, you can go now. You don't yeah. need to do any more of this. Yeah, Sorry, I, I, back, I know that's well. <laughs> back onto the uh, back onto the derby anyway. Yeah, heart, heart and brain. We've gone through that, and then the players go out and do another warm up. They come back in, and then Arteta gets the club photographer to do a team talk. <laughs> now I have to say, we did laugh the other week when I mentioned. Unai Emery got the club's travel agent <laughs> to do a team talk before a huge game against Palace. <laughs> now, I get the sense you weren't a fan of this team talk. <laughs> but I have to say, looking at the reception online, I think you might be in the minority there. It's a, it's a nice thing because he clearly does love the club and he's a fan. And he looks like he's about to cry. And yeah, his animals, voice breaks. So, yeah, so, um, and you can kind of see Arteta's face where he's like, look around, this is kind of magic. And to be fair, if you, if, as a sort of player, if you can't get up, but this guy is kind of, you can see his passion, then it's not a great look for it. But it's just like uh, some of it. So, for example, I mean, you've got to say fair pay to the players because this guy's going, right, first fucking tackle. Yeah. You're like, you're the fucking photographer. What do you mean <laughs> you're saying first fucking tackle? You're telling me I'm a professional footballer. What? So my so I give, I give this... huge credit to the players, actually, because they actually, it would be very easy for them to sort of roll their eyes at this and go, what the hell is he doing? And they go along with it. My thinking with this is Arteta has definitely approached him. I can't see it being the other way around. Oh, and him yeah, saying, no, you need to let me do a team talk. So that's definitely the way that's happened. And he's probably, do you think he's been given a day's notice or 10 minutes notice? Yeah, I reckon he's been told maybe that morning. Because maybe in the morning, maybe it, it does seem up. like if you told me ahead of time, you need to write a speech to rile the players up for the normal. You know, your notes ready. But I also think you in your head, it would be like that because he says, Right then, lads. Big <laughs> game. And then he pauses and he looks around and it's like, this is how it should be. This is how it's supposed to be in your head. And so, I mean, he does a good job, doesn't he? You get that first tackle and then you look in the crowd and you look at how much they love you and they love every single one of you. And I fucking love every single one of you. <laughs> I've photographed some great players and some great teams in my lifetime. And then he realises what he said. And I think you're a great team as well. <laughs> <laughs> but if so, Smith Rowe, Ramsdale, and Saka and Xhaka went to the premiere of these first three episodes. Okay. And Smith Rowe was asked about the team talks, including the one in the next episode. He's, he says they're great. Now, he's not going to come out and say they're awful, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. He, he speaks in such a way where he says, 
I quite like that he tries doing different things with us. Um, I think we're all very engaged. We appreciate, and he he says, and they all say how great that team talk was by the photographer. And I remember at the time, they showed a clip of Arteta hugging him after the game, and he's pointing at him. We obviously yeah, have yeah. no clue what that meant at the time, and no, so see it with the yeah. context is very cool. Yeah, that is cool actually. But you see Saka yeah. goes straight over to him, doesn't he? And he's dapping him up and hugging. And Ramsdale is pointing at him what as he goes off the pitch. Yeah. What a buzz. Yeah, as much as I'm being sort of cynical about the speech, it also did do a job because obviously that first half you were red hot against him. He, in his head, it's the, that, that YouTube guy where he's going, you did this. You won it for us. Yeah, I could have watched the highlights for this game about 15 times on a loop. <laughs> that's In fairness. They do a great job of building this up as like an absolute blockbuster. Because I, if I didn't know anything, I'd have been going into this thinking Spurs were an absolute problem going off this documentary because they build them up as an absolute monster. It's kind of like a, they're kind of like Hannibal Lecter, where he's like <laughs> constantly referenced, but you don't see him. And then when you do see him, you're going to be. And they, they constantly do that thing of like, Arsenal here. Which means they're X amount below yeah. Spurs, and be like, oh god. Maybe the the coolest thing I'll see in any of these documentaries is Smith Rowe and Saka having their dinner before the game, and Saka says, "How cool would it be to score in one of these? It's scoring a North London derby." Yeah, and then a... Smith Rowe says, "Oh, that's 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 what you dream of, man. Imagine scoring in that. I've dreamt about that." And then they both score in the game. Unreal. Yeah, the, the producers must have been rubbing their hands and they realised yeah. we've got that. <laughs> Gabrielle singing along to the Sacker and Emma Smith Rose. I was going to. Doesn't gonna... have a clue, does he? <laughs> this 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 episode that was you could have ended the documentary after that for me. <laughs> that, as soon as I heard that kick in, I realised it wasn't an overlay on top of like a montage, and it was in the dressing room. Of oh, oh, this is. Just send me on my merry way with this and I'm, I'm a happy man. Because I'm still listening to that on repeat. I'm still listening to it constantly. Gabriel's <laughs> just, just noise is coming out of his mouth because he definitely doesn't fully know like the rest of it. He's just kind of mumbling along, but he's keen. It's so good. From what I gather, after they first heard it, and I remember it was there from the first game of the season, once Ramsdale came in and he knew about the song, he spoke to the club DJ that does it over the tannoys and he asked for it to be played after a win. And so it was played after the... It wasn't Norwich, so it would have been basically a game after... I think it was played on the coach, actually, after uh, the Burnley one. And there was a clip on Ramsdale's Instagram of them all singing it. And so I think it just went from there onwards. And so it's probably him or Holding that just bang it on. And my guess is Holding, by the fact he didn't play, has rushed back into that dressing room after to get it back on and have the buzz for when everyone piles back in. It would look that way because he was absolutely loving it. He was in a, a world of his own. Certainly I'm not surprised. Involved up on the yeah. bench. Yeah, can't blame <laughs> him. Absolute banger. Yeah, I hope that doesn't die out. We need, well, I think you said previously, Smith Rowe needs the England call-up for the World Cup just for that reason. Oh, sensational. Or we need another England player whose surname will fit in with it. 
Yeah, that that's pretty much that episode. Just it's all basically around the North London derby, isn't it? Yeah, I, you're not gonna like this, but I do wish they kind of had ended that. The the group photo is not helping the cause. That was because, a thing, though. That I yeah, mean, yeah, it just looks kind of like because we also know, know what comes up in the next episode. It just looks like an incredibly sort of rash. Like it's lovely for the photographer guy as well, by the way. And I, I get why it was done, but in the kind of midst of what this club is sort of going through, you're kind of like, I don't know honest, if they need a, a team photo. I think it actually happens for a lot of teams. I remember Eddie Howe was having to defend it, and I'm not saying we want to be in the same position as Newcastle. Well, yeah, this is it. It's kind of, I guess you've got a bit of a juxtaposition in this episode where Thierry Henry's basically saying, we should have some minimum expectations for this club. And, you know, kind of once yeah. upon a time, the only time he his teams would have been having a photo because they beat Spurs because they won the league there, right? It's yeah. not, that's, they're not going to do it for a routine. It would have been seen as routine. That's yeah. presumably where the club is aiming to get to. But it's, look, they enjoyed themselves after beating their rivals, so I'm not going to go. Uh, I'm not going to go in on them. 